This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, January 14th. I'm Rachel Del Judas. And I'm Virginia Allen. Today, Rob Bluey talks with the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Ben Carson, for an exclusive interview about the department's new resource called Find Shelter. The tool is designed to help families and individuals in immediate need of food, shelter, clothing, and other resources as homeless rates continue to rise during the pandemic. And don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now on to our top news. On Wednesday, House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi called President Donald Trump a clear and present danger before the House's impeachment vote. Here's what Pelosi had to say in remarks on the House floor. We know that we face enemies of the Constitution. We know we experienced the insurrection that violated the sanctity of the people's capital and attempted to overturn the duly recorded will of the American people. And we know that the President of the United States incited this insurrection, this armed rebellion against our common country. He must go. He is a clear and present danger to the nation that we all love. Since the presidential election in November, an election the president lost, he has repeatedly held about the, uh, lied about the outcome, sowed self-serving doubt about democracy, and unconstitutionally sought to influence state officials to repeal reality. And then came that day of fire we all experienced. The president must be impeached, and I believe the president must be convicted by the Senate, a constitutional remedy that will ensure that the republic will be safe from this man who was so resolutely determined to tear down the things that we hold dear and that hold us together. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy spoke on the floor of the House Wednesday ahead of a vote to impeach President Donald Trump after last week's violent attack on the Capitol. McCarthy strongly condemned the violence and said that the president should take responsibility for the role he played in last week's events. But McCarthy urged his colleagues not to vote for impeachment, arguing that doing so would only further harm the nation per the Hill. I believe impeaching the president in such a short time frame would be a mistake. No investigations have been completed. No hearings have been held. What's more, the Senate has confirmed that no trial will begin until after President-elect Biden is sworn in. But here is what a vote to impeach would do. A vote to impeach would further divide this nation. A vote to impeach will further fan the flames of partisan division. Most Americans want neither inaction nor retribution. They want durable bipartisan justice. That path is still available, but is not the path we are on today. McCarthy continued to stress the importance of unity at this moment in the country, calling it a necessity. It does not matter if you are liberal, moderate, or conservative. All of us must resist the temptation of further polarization. Instead, we must unite once again as Americans. I understand for some this call for unity may ring hollow. 
But times like these are when we must remember who we are as Americans and what we as a nation stand for. And as history shows, unity is not an option. It's a necessity. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio is calling on House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney of Wyoming to step down from her position due to her support of impeaching President Trump. In the Senate, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina is also speaking out against impeachment. On Wednesday, Graham tweeted, To my Republican colleagues who legitimize this process, you are doing great damage not only to the country, the future of the presidency, but also to the party. The millions who have supported President Trump and his agenda should not be demonized because of the despicable actions of a seditious mob. Graham added that the individuals who participated in the storming of the Capitol should be met with the full force of the law. They should and will be held accountable. On Wednesday, President Trump released a statement calling for peace in the nation. In light of reports of more demonstrations, I urge that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind, the president said, per Fox News. Trump added that violence and law-breaking is not what I stand for, and it is not what America stands for. I call on all Americans to help ease tensions and calm tempers. Thank you. A Trump advisor told Fox News that the White House is going to try to post the president's statement on all of his social media accounts, and they invite big tech companies to help them encourage peace leading into next week's inauguration. This is a critical time in our nation's history, and surely we can all come together to deliver this important message and not continue to play partisan politics, the president's advisor told Fox News. Following the breaching of the Capitol last Wednesday that left five people dead, New York City is ending affiliation with Trump businesses. On Wednesday, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio tweeted, New York City doesn't do business with insurrectionists. We're taking steps to terminate agreements with the Trump Organization to operate the Central Park Carousel, Woolman and Lasker skating rinks, and the Ferry Point Golf Course. Now stay tuned for Rob Louie's conversation with Secretary Ben Carson as they discuss the new tool, Find Shelter, designed to help those in need during these challenging times. Conservative women, conservative feminists. It's true, we do exist. I'm Virginia Allen, and every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and I sort through the news to bring you stories and interviews that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women. That is, women whose views and opinions are often excluded or mocked by those on the so-called feminist left. We talk about everything from pop culture to policy and politics. Search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcasts. We are joined on the Daily Signal podcast today by Secretary Ben Carson, who has led the Department of Housing and Urban Development for the past four years. Secretary Carson, thanks so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, it's not your first time speaking with the Daily Signal, and we appreciate uh, all of the contributions you've made over the past four years. Uh, Your department has certainly been busy on a number of fronts, and I'd like to start today with a new resource for Americans that you've developed called Find Shelter. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, we're very excited about uh, this particular uh, tool. Uh, Basically, uh, a lot of times you'll see people out on the street 
Sometimes they're begging. Sometimes they have signs and they look disheveled. And nevertheless, they're within a few blocks of a place where they can get help, where they can get a bed, where they can get food, where they can get health services, clothing. All of these things are available, but they don't know about it. They don't know where it is, and no one else does either. So what we've done is created uh, an, an app that you can put on your phone so that you can just scan the QR codes that are located in various public places that say find shelter, or you can just take your phone and go to hud.gov slash find shelter. And uh, it will give you a list of all the places and not only provide you a list of, of where they are, but it also provides you uh, the telephone numbers, uh, the website, uh, directions for how to get there, uh, all the things that you would need to be able to take advantage of this situation. So you no longer have to feel helpless or you say, I want to help that person, but they'll probably just take it and spend it on drugs. Uh, and you're conflicted. Now you got a way that you can definitely provide them some help. Well, thank you for that explanation. Again, as you, you mentioned, Find Shelter is available at hud.gov slash find shelter. Uh, I've had a chance to look at it myself, and it's a great tool. It allows visitors to HUD's website to search for places that, as you said, provide shelter or help with needs like clothing, health care, and food. How do you hope that this will help relieve uh, the homelessness problem that we have in America and others who may be in need? Well, many of the uh, shelters that you go to actually have people there uh, who are trained professionals in terms of how to get people off the street and how to get them into some type of a, a help program uh, and aim them toward uh, at some point becoming self-sufficient. But they'll never get that if they just wander around on the streets, which so many people do. And a lot of them also are associated with, uh, with health clinics and with addiction centers and with mental health facilities. You know, we are a very compassionate country, and we have a lot of facilities that are available to people, but it's not particularly helpful if they don't know how to get to them. That is so true. I, you know, I plugged in my own zip code and a few other zip codes, and it is a comprehensive list that you have assembled. So thank you for doing that. Uh, there's a map which makes it quite helpful to see uh, where they are uh, in your community. Uh, what was your inspiration for embarking on this project? Well, you know, I was driving down a route that I usually drive to to go to church. And uh, there was this homeless man with a sign. And uh, I kept seeing him in different places. <laughs> and I started thinking, there must be a good way to help this fellow. And uh, we just started talking about it and saying, you know, what is the best thing that you could do for this guy? And uh, as, we, as we discussed it and looked at the various possibilities, it was putting him in contact with the resources in the areas where he keeps showing up. And, uh, you know, the other thing ab about a lot of the shelters is they are frequently associated with various nonprofits or faith-based organizations, which can actually develop a relationship with these individuals. And it's that relationship along with the caring 
that can very often make the critical difference in a person's life. The federal government, you know, admittedly gives out a lot of money and has programs. They don't develop relationships with people. And that's why some of the results are, are not as good as we'd like to see. Well, thank you for speaking to that. Those community organizations are doing uh, just tremendous work uh, all over our great country. Um, I understand you're also making available downloadable, uh, printable posters and palm cards. Uh, what are some of the ways that you hope Americans can help spread the word about uh, Find Shelter and, and make sure that this uh, resource is utilized? Well, I hope that people will, in fact, uh, go to our website. Uh, read about the program, familiarize themselves with it, familiarize themselves with the aids that are in their own neighborhood. But yes, in fact, download some of the posters and put them up in the places where you see homeless people and put them up uh, around libraries and uh, public housing authorities and police stations and fire stations where people can easily see them and then access that. You can also carry around some of the poem cards in your pocket. Instead of giving them a dollar, give them a poem card. Give them something that can really help them. Secretary Carson, the, the coronavirus pandemic has uh, clearly had an impact on a great many Americans. What are some of the steps that you've taken at HUD, and do you anticipate the Find Shelter tool uh, helping those who are facing hard times because of the pandemic? Absolutely. It will be very helpful to those individuals. You know, we have uh, done a, a number of things uh, in terms of working with the the, the landlords and uh, working with forbearance so that, you know, they can still manage to survive because a lot of times they don't think about the landlords. They, they, their business is their livelihood. And if everybody is not paying, obviously uh, they go out of business. They go out of business. Uh, then a bunch of people wind up uh, on the street. So, you know, there's a, a domino effect there. And, and that's why we have been uh, particularly uh, concerned not only with the renters themselves, but also uh, with the landlords and the uh, apartment providers. You know, we have a, a toolbox of things that are available to whoever is in charge of uh, a multifamily that gives them a number of resources that are available to them. That's really, really great to hear. And, and during this pandemic, you have personally championed the idea of neighbors helping neighbors uh, to help those Americans who, who may be more vulnerable. Uh, do you have a, a favorite example or some of the ways that you have been inspired by what is happening in our communities uh, during the pandemic? Yeah, well, I know uh, one of our Envision centers uh, in uh, Kentucky uh, had a food van and uh, they started going around and uh, distributing food, particularly to the elderly uh, who are sheltering in place and uh, made it made it possible for them to, you know, continue to have a reasonable life without uh, worrying about exposing themselves. You know, it's such an important concept because, you know, a lot of communities have migrated to just let's lock everything down and close all the businesses and somehow that's going to help us. It doesn't really help. And we can see that from the statistics. But what does help is if, uh, if we look at the vulnerable people in our society, those who are over the age of 65 and those with comorbidities, 
uh, and we teach each family and, and each social group who the vulnerable people are and what do you do to make sure that you don't infect them. You can go to work, you can go to school, but what do you need to do to protect the vulnerable people? That would be a much more intelligent way to do things. Well, and of course, we had you in our prayers, uh, Secretary Carson, as, as you uh, battled the virus yourself. And so um, it's glad yeah. we're, we're glad, glad to have you back um, healthy and in the position you are uh, to make sure that uh, you're able to help others. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and I, I would just caution everybody, you know, this this is a serious disease. Don't take it lightly. Uh, be careful in the way that you do things. But it doesn't mean that you have to shut your life down. You and I have have talked in the past about uh, some of the trends we've seen in America on homelessness. Uh, do we know yet how coronavirus has impacted uh, some of those numbers? Well, because you know we have have been aggressive with forbearance and moratoriums on foreclosures and various things like that, and of course we disseminated twelve billion dollars worth of CARES funds. Uh, a large portion of that going to make sure that people were able to stay in their uh, homes. Um, but that can't last forever. And, and and that's what we have got to get people to understand. You know, the economy was exceedingly strong and has been able to withstand, you know, a real belly punch, but it's not going to go on forever. And uh, we have to begin to think uh, what we're going to do because the coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, will have its effect and it is going to have its effect, but that effect can be mitigated if we think ahead. We don't wait for the crisis to hit. Uh, and, and I will give Congress some credit in terms of, of making funding available uh, through the various CARES Acts because if you destroy the economic infrastructure, a lot more people will die of poverty than would ever die of the virus itself. And mm. we have to think about that. But, but we also have to divorce politics from it and really start thinking about the survival of our citizens. What do we have to do in order to get an economy that is thriving once again so that they can make a living so that they can begin to enjoy the American dream and not be just worried about barely surviving. Well, and even outside of coronavirus, I know that that's, uh, that's been a passion for you as a secretary of, of the Housing and Urban Development. What are some of the accomplishments that you are most proud of at HUD over these past four years? Well, there's a whole lot of them. I, I, first of all, I'll say please go to HUD.gov and look on the accomplishment page. It's actually more than a page. It's a lot of stuff. But uh, some of the key things, we brought financial stability to the organization. You used to always hear these stories about, you know, fiscal mismanagement at HUD. You don't hear those anymore. So we brought in a terrific CFO. That office had been neglected for almost a decade and uh, had an integrity task force, which crossed all the silos and brought real financial control. It's one of the reasons that we were able to withstand this pandemic because our mutual mortgage insurance fund was so strong 
you know, a lot of people have been saying, you guys have accumulated a lot of money. Uh, let's cut all the premiums. And if, if we had done that, we wouldn't have had the resources that we needed uh, when that time came. You always have to be ready for the rainy day. So that was critical. We've been able to uh, put up almost 100 envision centers, and they're having a powerful impact in the communities where they are bringing uh, multiple federal agencies in line with state and local agencies all under one roof so that people can access those things and begin to climb the ladder of success. That young woman, that young mother who has three children and never finished high school can find out how to get child care, how to get her GED, how to get more advanced training so that she can become self-sufficient and teach that to her children so we can begin to break those cycles of dependency working as the chairman of the Opportunity and Revitalization Council. The Opportunity Zones have spread all over the place, have lifted hundreds of thousands and projecting a million people soon out of poverty, providing for almost 500,000 jobs, creating situations where people are getting the kind of training which will lift them out of poverty, which will give them independence. Those are things that make them very mobile. Those kinds of things are incredibly important. And, um, you know, it, it goes on and on. But, uh, you know, our, our major theme has been self-sufficiency as opposed to dependency uh, because that makes all the difference in the world, a person's life. And, you know, we have frequently taken a more paternalistic attitude, pat people on the head, there, there, you poor little thing, I'm going to take care of all your needs. That's not really helping people. You know, that's uh, making people dependent. What we need to be doing is giving them the mechanism, showing them the mechanism, helping them to climb those ladders of opportunity. And that is much more fulfilling and satisfying for them and for society at large. Well, that is true, uh, Secretary Carson, and thank you for going through um, some of those accomplishments. Those are are certainly notable things, and uh, and as you said, uh, a much more detailed list available on on HUD's website. Let me just mention one other thing, and that is that we have just an incredible staff. I always say we have the ugliest building, but the best people. And uh, the, the, just to show you how different they are from so many bureaucracies, a group of young people came to us uh, almost two years ago now uh, talking about what was happening to young people who were aging out of foster care, a quarter of them ending up homeless or even a larger number inadequately housed. And uh, our staff was able to put together in four months a program called Foster Youth to Independence or FYI to give these young people not only a voucher so that they could have a home, but the wraparound services, the kinds of things that your family generally provides. Can you imagine being 18 years old and all of a sudden being on your own with no family and no support? We're providing those kinds of things, and it's been a tremendous success. And the program is rapidly growing. We hope eventually there will be no kids that are aging out of foster care that don't have support.
Well, that would be that would be a, a, a great news, uh, Secretary Carson. Thank you for for sharing that story with us. You know, so many of of our listeners at the Daily Signal uh, have been inspired by your message, even prior to to becoming uh, Secretary of HUD. Uh, what are your plans next? Um, anything you'd like to share with our audience about uh, what's in your future? Well, uh, I will remain involved uh, in the public sphere. Uh, working on self-sufficiency, but but also working on what I, I perceive as uh, something that has great potential to destroy our nation, and that's the hatred and division that is going on. And, uh, you know, we, we need to learn how to compromise with each other. When you live in a diverse society, you know, taking the my way or the highway attitude uh, doesn't work. And also, you know, at the eye for an eye attitude. You did this to me, I'm doing it to you. You know, eye for an eye attitude leads to blindness by everybody in the long run. And, and we just need to, 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 to rethink who we are as a nation, rethink about the incredible importance of the United States of America to the world. Before the United States was on the scene, you had all these despotic leaders who would just trample on anybody who was weaker than them. And uh, don't think that the world won't go back to that if the United States fades. So, you know, we have obligations both to ourselves, our own people, and to the people of the world. And those are kinds of things that I'm going to be working on. Well, I'm grateful to hear that, and thank you for, for leaving us with those words of wisdom today. I hope our, our listeners will take that to heart and uh, and, and follow that path. Um, we, we certainly appreciate uh, you sharing that with us. Uh, Secretary Ben Carson, uh, thank you for your leadership of uh, the Department of Housing and Urban Development and telling us about uh, the new tool uh, that your department has created called Find Shelter. Again, you can find it at hud.gov slash findshelter. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being with you. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And as always, please encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.